0: Good morning, sir. How are
1: you this morning?
0: Oh, great, Kirk. How are you doing,
1: brother? I am doing good, Andre. It is a beautiful, beautiful day today. It started out fairly cold, but it is already up to 72 degrees.
0: Wow, brother. I'm looking at my my dash. It's 71 degrees here in Texas, man.
1: I cannot believe that it's 71. It's in Texas. It's actually cooler in Texas than Chattanooga. This must be a record or something.
0: <laughs> That's good stuff. Good stuff.
1: Brother, I think uh, one of the things I would love to talk about today is how God sets, it, sets us up for success. Sometimes, even when we don't expect it.
0: It's going to be there.
1: I mean, it's It's amazing how, through life, he will ordain and guide our steps. And quite honestly and quite frankly, he won't even explain why he does it. Mm -hmm. He will not give an explanation. He won't give you a play-by-play. He -hmm. doesn't give you a line A, line B, line C. He just says, go, and gives you the choice. Are you going to go or are you not going to go? One
0: of the things and the keys. To- yeah. Go ahead, right ahead. Go. All right. No, so, well, when you're bringing this up and set up for success, I thought about yesterday. And, you know, we touched on it in previous calls about how God will, He brings you through certain things in your life in order for you to look back on in the future when you're facing something bigger. And for him to use that as a stepping stone, and you can look back, and you can encourage yourself in the faith to go forward. You know, David yeah, had yeah. the lion. He had the lion and the bear before he had Goliath, and it was the experience with the lion and the bear that actually gave him the faith to face the to face Goliath, because he knew that the same God who brought him through would bring him through again. And so, you know, you're able to look back on the faithfulness of God. And one of the things that comes to my mind. Set up for, for success is what we're talking about. I remember when I, I had moved back to Connecticut for about two years, and I was working in customer service at Verizon Wireless. And I'm working there, and I really wanted to move and make a transition to sales and move back to Texas because I thought there was, you know, you can opportunity to make a lot more money, number one. Uh, and it was a challenge that I was looking forward to. And I'm thinking, well, with my experience, I could just go ahead and apply and, you know, just in a matter of, you know, a couple weeks I should have a job in Texas. Brother, I had applied for a number of months and I put in maybe 30 applications and no one was taking me, no one. And I was literally about to give up and finally this one store said, you know what, we'll give you an opportunity, but it's not going to be a full-time position. It's gonna be a part-time position, and so I had to take it. I took it, but I don't know if you ever make it, made a decision to where the whole time you're you're nervous. You know, you, you believe it's God, and he, but you're nervous about the decision. I mean, there there was some trepidation there, but it turned out to make yeah. a long story short, was that that was that was the catalyst that God used to thrust me into sales, which has become really the long share of what I've done over the last. You know, 10, 15 years of working. And so I would have never, I made more money there than I had made before. And it it ended up being a huge open door. But I think a lot of times we think that, you know, if it's God, it's going to be some smooth, easy process. Not necessarily. There may be a fight involved, but the setup, the setup is for success. The ultimate goal for success. Go ahead, brother. Uh,
1: Brother, you, you, you just hit the nail on the head there. I mean, many times in life God will guide us and direct us into a calling a gifting a line of work basically the path that he wants us to take and like you said we expect that path of least resistance but there's a key that we miss many times there the word talks about when you've done all to stand stand hmm That word that the Bible is giving us is saying, when everything else fails, persevere. Perseverance is the state of pressing forward, even in the face of mighty opposition. So if we're going to persevere in life, and in our relationship with Christ, we have to learn to stand firm. Because think about it, all the good gifts, all the good opportunities All the good jobs, they don't come easy. Anything that's worth having, even a relationship, takes work.
0: Especially. (laughs) Hey,
1: I mean, even the person that may say, well, I found my wife and everything worked great. You know, we had no issues. Any relationship has its challenges. If we're honest with ourselves, there's always been a disagreement of some sort, that you've had to die to yourself so that you can come to a compromise or to a mutual agreement in your relationship so that everything works mutually to each other's benefit. Mm -hmm. And the same way, we have to learn to die to ourselves in our relationship to Christ so that we put Him first and paramount in our life so that He can guide us and direct us and have the absolute authority and breathe only when we allow him to take the wheel i remember that song by carrie underwood jesus take the wheel only when we let jesus take the wheel can we truly experience true peace and that is a point where we lose complete control so to speak yeah i mean we still have control of our life he still gives us the choice but instead of us choosing to do our own will, we choose to do his leading even when it's not what we wish to do. Yeah. We persevere it... through that. And you did the perfect example about your job. You you had an idea or you knew you wanted to get back to Texas for some reason
0: hmm.
1: for work or for family or whatever that primary purpose was. And you there was a drive there. There was something that really pressed you that direction. You yeah. had to persevere through that. You Think about it. If you had just allowed that nervousness to get in the way, nothing would have happened. That's good. Nothing That's would good. have transpired. You know, if God gives you a word, let's say even one of our audience members is listening, if God gives you a prophetic word or a word of knowledge, an insight into your life of where you need to go, and you just say, wow, that was great, hoorah, yay,
0: Mm.
1: guess what? Mm. Nothing's going to happen. Rejoicing over the word you receive brings nothing. The word tells us that faith without action is dead. So when you have a word from God, whether it's given by a prophetic person, or God whispers it to you, or you're reading the word of God, and he highlights it, it's like a rhema word, that life-giving word that comes from his scripture. And that comes to you through his word. You have to make the choice. Right. Am I going to believe what he's told me? Or mm-hmm. am I just going to get you know, do a little cheerleading act and just kinda of live my life just like I was before?
0: Brother faith is where that, so much absolute man, good good word. Come on. Good word. There's James, he says, Brother, don't think it's don't think it's strange considering the fiery trial, which is the trial as if some strange thing has happened to you. When you're mentioning that word, when we get a word from God, you know, it explodes in our spirit and we feel excited and we're ready to go, ready to charge hell and and get out there and get after it. But what we don't realize a lot of times and what we don't expect is opposition. But any time we have a word from God, there is bound to be opposition. And there has to be opposition. I would say it's even the way that God has designed it so that we'll actually we'll grow through this thing and we'll we'll, we'll learn from this thing and, and we'll we'll learn to walk in faith. But the walk walk by faith is it's not without its opposition. It's part of the walk. So anytime that there's a word that God gives us, we, we should expect opposition. We should expect opposition. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded of Daniel when he prayed you know, about says so that he sought the Lord for wisdom concerning um, a prophecy. And he's praying. He's fasting and he's praying. And then finally, after a number of days of prayer and fasting, an angel comes to him and said, Daniel, from the first day that you sought the, you know, to understand these things, I was sent. But I experienced opposition. He experienced opposition from the Prince of Persia, which was another demonic force over that area. And although Daniel was praying according to the will of God, he had a word from God. There was still opposition, and so the Bible says that That's the right. kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. We're, we're so, you know, we're a lot of times we're described as soldiers. We're, we're, we're likened to those running a race. These are things that that show there's going to be some sort of endurance required on our part. Things that, that show that there's going to be a fight. It's not going to be something that's given to us easily or without opposition. But the good news is greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And, again, no matter what comes our way, we know that all things are working together for good. We're set up for success. We're set up for success. I mean, hey, you're, you just
1: hit that right on the head. Paul continuously tells us in his in the Word of God and in his letter to the church that he was, he's got to run that race, right? He's got to do everything he can to qualify to run the race. That he even beats himself daily to qual- yeah. so he will qualify, that he won't disqualify himself. Now, he doesn't literally mean, oh, woe is me. I need to beat myself with a whip so that I can be to the God. No, that's not what he's saying. That was you taking an action to purify your soul. That's not what he's saying there. He's saying that he has to put himself under submission. Mm-hmm bringing his body underneath the control of his spirit so that as he moves forward in life, he can be successful living for Christ. Now, that is what Paul is telling us. At the same time, we have a perfect example in marriage about the perseverance that you're speaking of. Because the husband and wife, there's a certain point before they get married, there's that butterfly love and puppy love, a puppy dog love, and oh, everything's so pretty 2 shoes everything's so beautiful, and so wonderful, it's so new, it's so fresh. But then there's that point where reality sets in, and you realize this other person's human. Mm. This person has their flaws, too. Yep. All the things that you would overlook because of this overwhelming, you know, rainbows and flowers and you know what, or you know whatever makes you happy, type of thing, or you know your favorite song coming on, your favorite movie Braveheart, yeah, rah rah, fight a war, whatever it is, mm. you know whatever gets you excited. Those feelings, they kind of come to an even kill at some point. And it's not that you don't still love your spouse. You do. You actually fall into a deeper love because it's no longer based on an emotional experience. It's now built on trust and a deep commitment to one another to where you no longer only go off of an emotion. Now the emotion you feel for your wife or your husband is deeply tied to the commitment level that you have to them to the depth of the intimacy in your relationship with one another. So you have to press in in that relationship to maintain. Not unlike our relationship with God. He is not looking for you and me to be haphazard in the way we interact with Him, but instead He's looking for us to be intentional about every step, every breath that we have with Him. He is not seeking for us only to be full of head knowledge, but he's also seeking for us to be full of a relationship and an open line of communication to where we have a bi-directional conversation. So we have to get to that point in the relationship where we persevere beyond that puppy love mentality. If we're always looking for that puppy love, we will never have a relationship of depth. If you're always looking for the feel good moment,
0: you yep. cannot be successful. That's good. That's good, man. That's good. You know, uh, if what, you what I hear. You go, go, ahead. go ahead. I'll say what I what I hear you saying, what I hear you saying is, you know, the Lord is always beckoning us on to deeper to the depth. He it's it's kinda like in the Song of Solomon, you know, he he, he moves. He, come come with me you know he, he wants us to keep moving and, and following him pursuing him it, it's not a stagnant love but it's a relationship to where he's constantly saying come up higher you know go That's deeper right. he's constantly wanting us to grow and you know and I, I read this this morning that without there, there's no growth without um, without number one opposition, there's, there has to be some sort of opposition for you to grow, but there's going to be disrupt, disruption in, in growth, and that's something that we have to expect as well. But the growth, you, you think about the most hardy plants in nature, the cactus and plants like that, they grow in the harshest conditions, but they can withstand so much. But the reason why they can withstand <laughs> so much is because of where they're at. They're in a dry place, the lack of water and they can withstand these things. So, you know, I believe that God wants us to be that hardy plant in the middle of a desert place, that no matter what, I, I love I love what it says in Psalms, and I'm just reminded of this, Psalms 1, where it says, you know, we'll be like trees planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, you know, whose leaf does not wither. You know, and it's, it's, no matter what the season is, we'll be flourishing. We'll be that tree that's planted, you know, green leaf and ready to go. And, uh, you know, I give a shout-out to my brother, Kirk, right down the line. He, he's one of those brothers that I say as I, I see a maturity in him. And, brother, you know, I've seen over the years how God has established his maturity in you and, and a consistency that no matter what's going on in life, there's an even-term that I believe is in birth, you know, through through life circumstances. And I believe that God's taking you to a position of maturity, spiritually speaking. And I believe that's what maturity is, is, is being constant. No matter what's going on, we're, we're being constant. No matter what the circumstance or situation or season of life that we're in, we're still constant and that we, we're still rooted and grounded in God's love for us. So this, I would say to take it full circle, it's a setup. It's a setup for success. God, the things that he's allowing to come against us is not so that we fold or not so that we fail. But he's doing it so that we can come up higher and we become stronger and we become more thorough in Him.
1: That's it, brother. I mean, God has a uncanny way of setting us up for success in ways that we never expect. He will even use negative circumstances in our lives that He did not cause to draw us near to Him. Hmm. He will allow those circumstances to continue. Grow us, to mature us, and to cause us to grow deeper with Him. Because, as you so eloquently put it and painted such a beautiful picture, there are certain things in life that we can never obtain if we're never challenged. You've always been an avid uh, exercise. I mean, a person who exercises and lifts weights and plays basketball, very athletic. And you can attest to the fact that you will never get positive growth in your muscles if you're not challenged by the weight that you're pushing? Good. I mean, would you ever have been able to have the growth that you've had in your muscular tone without challenging yourself in the weight? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. See, uh, that's the same thing. We all wish we could have a better growth in our relationship with God without having yeah. challenges. And I've even heard ministers talk about how people come up to them and pray, say, hey, pray for me to get a double anointing and blah, blah, blah. But hey, here's the reality, folks. You can never acquire what you have not contested for. What you have not warred for on your knees, you can never acquire for yourself. Okay. You must persevere. There is always a season of trial that leads to a depth and intimacy because, see, it's not you the individual that's great. There's the Spirit of God in you that is great. And he simply uses you as a conduit to reach those around you. See, it's not about me and it's not about Andre because we're just vessels. We're just individuals that are being used to deliver information to you or to impart, you know, healing or hope to you. We ourselves are not the answer the answer is jesus okay. so guys we never want to end one of these calls without giving you the opportunity to accept jesus as your lord and savior it says as says in romans 10 9 that if you believe in your heart that he is god and then you confess him with your mouth that you'll be saved so we want to give you the chance and the opportunity to accept him now as your Lord and Savior, if you would like. Because he loves you. He is faithful. He died on the cross so that you could be set free. And, brother, would you like to go ahead and lead, lead them in a prayer?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you just repeat after me, those who listen in who want to accept Christ. God, we thank you that you sent your Son to be a propitiation and a, a, a sacrifice for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus to come here to live a sinless life and to die a criminal's death, that we have the opportunity to live uh, for eternity with you. I accept you now, and I accept the sacrifice that you've provided for me. I ask you to wash me of all my sins, and to cleanse me from everything that's not of you, and lead me in this new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do so believe that if you prayed that prayer, that you are now born again? This is a, a new day. It's a new dawning. It's the first day of the rest of your eternity. So we, we just uh, encourage you to get involved, plugged in, in a church that is a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church and fellowship with other believers. It's going to help you grow in your, your newfound faith. God bless you, you God bless.